Hey listeners, before we get started, I just want to give a quick content warning. This game contains horror themes, specifically compulsion, blood, body horror, and transformation. The action in this episode is described a little more violently than usual, so listener discretion is advised. There is a library that exists at the nexus where all other universes collide. Inevitably, things wind up there by mistake. Books, artifacts, people. This is the place where things from all universes end up when they get lost. This is the Eternity Archives. Everyone and welcome to the Eternity Archives, a bi-weekly TTRPG podcast where we play interdimensional archivists. My name is Ziva, my pronouns are she, her, and I usually play Linda, the adorable human office lady, who is anchoring as we are in the ooky spooky world of what's so cool about monster blood. So I want to go ahead and introduce you to my co-host, but before that, I want to introduce the question we're going to be chatting about this time, which is, what's your favorite elder god? Mine personally is the King in Yellow because the King in Yellow is like the absolutely most over-the-top dramatic elder god I can think of, and I'm a huge fan. I'm Dorka. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Zen, the barbarian lizard woman. My favorite elder god is Yig because Yig is, he's the lizard. He's the the father of serpents, (laughs) and I enjoy reptiles. And that's really all there is to it. That's (laughs) You got two fun facts, your favorite elder god and the fact that you like lizards. I I think everyone knows that already. Yeah, Yeah, well, you know, (laughs) people should just enjoy the extra content, all right? (laughs) Hey, everyone, my name is Bappy. My pronouns are they, them. I play Real De Drakel, who is a little tiefling fella. I don't have a favorite elder god. I tried to look them up. Are there like good guy elder gods? There's less bad guy elder gods. Well, like, hold the door for you? Okay. I looked up Niar Lothotep, because I thought I saw a parody of, like, Nian Cat, but, like, Niar Lothotep, and then I actually found, like, a sexy Niar Lothotep fan art, so I guess Niar Lothotep, because there's a sexy version of it out there somewhere. (laughs) I I believe that's the one in Arkham Horror, where if it wakes up, the game just ends and you lose. I thought you were referring to the sexy one. I was like, I don't remember any sexy anime (laughs) elder gods in Arkham (laughs) And uh, joining us in our spooky adventure is uh, our special guest, Mikey. Mikey, how about you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Mikey, and I use he, him pronouns. My character's name is Damon, and he is a bit of an erstwhile wrestle boy that tumbled into the archives And my favorite elder god is not technically an elder god, I guess, but I love like black cat and black animal like cryptids. I love the image that's like like eight or so cats and like all their tails are like a spiral. (laughs) What? That's cool. I believe that, that that image holds ultimate power. Not really, but what if it did? That definitely counts as an elder god, I feel like. Otherwise, I really love the weird, just absolutely bananas cosmology of Twin Peaks and Twin Peaks The Return. 
what's is there an elder like Philip Jeffries is a tea kettle and then there's like a gold ball that's the all the goodness in the world and then there's a fireman who is like this neutral entity and then there's Bob which is like the, the scary one the transfer of human suffering from person to person or actually the cream corn is the transfer of human suffering I'm gonna be honest the more I hear about Twin Peaks the less I know about it <laughs> it, it is if if Riverdale uh like had a baby with like a 90s soap opera that's kind of what Twin Peaks is like is not what Riverdale Riverdale is, is doing like basically Twin Peaks all I know about this current season of Riverdale is they all have superpowers now yeah apparently I need to watch that too like Jughead may or may not be like Alan Wake <laughs> Oh, shit. Man, that makes me actually want to watch Riverdale. No, Maybe we should start stop. that podcast. No, 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 I would 100% do a Riverdale recap podcast with you. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, one of those podcasts where one of us has seen it all and one of us has not. Oh, oh yeah. Let's do it. My favorite elder god is someone you all need right now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> So last time we left off in What's So Cool About Monster Blood, are y'all ready to get back to it and see what horrors await us? I'm ready for horror. Absolutely. Got my Bible and my holy water, aka Gatorade. Let's do it. So as you travel through the book drop to this new world, you feel the familiar, though for Damon, brand new sensation of the suffocating tightness of the void, of the emptiness, of the unmaking and remaking. But before you know it, you are opening your eyes in the city of Vatishta. You end up in front of an enormous iron gate on a stony road. The gate itself is flanked by columns topped with blazing and ornate lamps. You realize that you're in a crumbling bridge right on the outskirts of the city. And in front of you lies a gate every bit as ornate as the key that Zen was given. So tell me a little bit about what you all do next. So we've already talked about appearances because we know your armor. And um, yes, yeah, spoiler alert, you are all regular humans right now. Ugh, disgusting. <laughs> Zed's actually getting used to this, getting used to being more human, um, because, like it or not, it seems like most universes require that of her. And so yeah, she's pretty much settled into a regular human form that is more or less the same every time. She's like a tall, wild-haired redhead, surprisingly more slender than buff in her human form. Still tall, though, almost six feet, which is still like a foot and a half shorter than she's used to. She's learned to better adjust to the loss of an entire fucking tail, and is starting to really handle herself. So she gets her bearings on the ground. She realizes that she has a weapon, and it's a weapon that she appreciates. And she has those vials, and first things first, hands them out to everyone. Says Linda says we gotta drink these. Hey, Linda, what are these exactly? It looks like blood. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, that's a very good question. I agree with your assessment. Zen's but- already drinking hers. <laughs> well, Zen, it seems fine. Zen's doing it. The journal says to do it. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, it's part of the mission, right? Or Yeah, I sure. But I mean, I'm, I don't want to just do something because they told us to. What does it taste like? 
It tastes bad. It is thick and coppery and viscous. So Zen drank it, and now she's, like, gagging, and, like, it's pretty fucking gross, but, um, it's gone. She's done it. She kind of just did it like a shot. So she's, like, coughing, just like, I recommend doing it all at once. Yeah, they kind of throw it back like a shot, and they're like, mm, yep, that's, uh, that's definitely some kind of blood. Cool. Dope. Yeah, I think Damon says, like, I mean, it's probably a pretty terrible idea, but... I have a feeling like we're not gonna move forward until we do it, so bottoms up. I mean, the library hasn't really steered us wrong yet, so. Is everyone okay? That looked bad. It definitely wasn't a delicious milkshake. It was gross, but I don't feel any different, so no harm done. Yeah, would we feel anything or no? No, uh, not now, but... As the game advances, you can unlock the powers that that monster blood has given you. Uh, so Linda says we're supposed to find this thing, this this crown thing. And Real just has kind of the journal open to that page with the vague, kind of surreal looking illustration. The journal also gives you the note that you are supposed to meet with Lucia of the Silver Hand. Okay. Is the gate open? No, the gate is closed. Uh, okay. But I have a key. Yeah, Real doesn't know about the key, though, so... I guess they'd just be like, uh, okay, well, they put us in front of a gate, and unless whoever's in charge is kind of trying to fuck with us, I'm assuming we need to get through the gate. Oh, um, oh, oh, I have something for this. And Xana takes the key and tries to put it in the lock. Oh, well, that's convenient. It fits perfectly, and the gate slowly begins to creak open with an almost deafening sound. Ugh. Yeah, this place is kind of creepy, isn't it? How do you figure? I mean, well, we all look kind of kind of goth, and <laughs> we had to drink a vial of blood, and... What's a goth? A goth? It's like, um... Oh, man... Linda, how would you describe a goth to someone who doesn't know what a goth is? Um, do you know what Hot Topic is, Zen? <laughs> oh, oh, I've heard this one. It's like when Rill gets on a little rant about, like, something that people might not agree with. Uh, well, that's technically correct, but that does not help with the goth question. It's like someone that's really grumpy all the time and thinks about death. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yes. and they wear black and stuff, and, like, skulls, and... So still real. What? I don't wear skulls. No, but you're grumpy, and you... I'm not grump... Am I grumpy? You're kind of sad. Wow. That made real sad. <laughs> <laughs> While you're having this conversation, out of the gate ahead of you, you begin to see three hooded figures approaching. And they're not just approaching. They are running, full tilt towards you. They are holding ceremonial daggers. Are they wearing black cloaks and stuff? Yes. Okay, see, like, those guys are definitely goth. <laughs> they are running full tilt at you, daggers drawn. You begin to hear one of them, the one in front, shout an incomprehensible language, and a inky tentacle in a flash of green flies from his hand straight at Zen. Zen is gonna 
duck and roll, like try and avoid this tentacle. And fortunately, ceremonial daggers aren't great weapons unless you're way up close. So I'm just going to say Zen dives out of the way. Okay, great. Go ahead and roll that for me, please. So I am rolling two D6s. Okay. I got a seven. Okay. Do you have any advantages to add? Probably not in this case. Okay. So without the added weight of your tail, you miscalculate your duck and roll and the tentacle snags at your feet and you land on your back with a thud. So as this is happening, Rill would pull out the gun that they have with kind of weirdly practiced precision almost, and they would let off a shot and kind of uh, as a side thing to to Damon, they would just be like, "Uh, yeah, so this is the part where we kind of have to commit some light murder probably. Or as Zen calls it, self-defense, but honestly, those aren't- They are shooting shit at us. (laughs) (laughs) It's not mutually exclusive. It's literally self-defense. We'll talk about the semantics later. So yeah, Rill would just fire off shot. Okay, so go ahead and roll that for me and add a plus one because you're using your weapon. Hell yeah! Okay, cool. So 2d6. I don't have to use like a different die or anything. No, you're not using Gnosis or Amorphous. Okay. Ooh, that's not great. It is a six. With the, uh, That's already with the one added. So you take a shot at the three figures running towards you. It flies right over their heads. But unfortunately, the fact that you've done that makes you a major target. And although the one with the tentacles is currently going after Zen, one of them breaks off and they will be going after you next. Wait, so I have a question with like, my gun is like the special gun. Do you think it fires normal bullets as well? And that was just a normal bullet? Or do you think the one I just fired was one of the special? I think you could go either way. So I guess you tell me. I'm going to say it's a normal bullet for now because I think Rill is still trying to get their bearings on sort of how everything works Um, like they have that sense that it it is different but I don't think they've entirely grasped it just yet because they've been in this universe for like five minutes Not probably not even that probably less than that and then people are already trying to stab them with daggers (laughs) so Damon what do you do? so everyone else has kind of like eaten shit so far (laughs) and he doesn't really like this (laughs) And he's also like a fighter or, you know, fake fighting, but you have to learn how to real fight before you can fake fight. So he has this weird little glove. I say little glove, a gauntlet with metal claws. And he looks down at it and just kind of like goes to literally leap into action. So he's going to try to attack them. And I do think he wants to hurt these people and it's kind of desperate. So I would like to make the argument for answering the siren call of monster blood. Yeah, sure. So go ahead and roll that then and add your Morphous die. Okay. I've got a three, a two, and a four. Oh. (laughs) Okay, so save your best two, which is the three and the four. So that's a seven. And then... He gets advantage for the claws, right? Oh, yeah, you... I'm also kind of using my job, I guess. Okay. Yeah, so we'll go ahead and add a plus one to that. So that would be an eight. So that is a success where your top two die was either of them the Morphous die. Yes. Okay. 
So then go ahead and add plus one to your Morphous on your sheet. And we'll go ahead and resolve that after we resolve this. So you use the monster blood inside you, this monstrous aspect, and you spring at one of these figures and knock them full body to the ground, slashing at them with your claw like a crazed animal. What has this new point of Morphous started to do to you? What what new beast-like aspect do you have? So in his universe, he had like face paint to go along with his wrestler persona. And here he has like more like hunter or like Viking-esque face paint. That's kind of like this weird skull. One of his eyes, the one opposite the face paint is red. Okay. This poor guy. (laughs) First day on the job. Yeah. I think it's like red like the moon. Ooh, very spooky. Cool. So I'm going to go ahead and say then while Damon is going beast mode on this... Um, figure, and that's the only time I'm going to say that, I promise, um, <laughs> that that they're taken out of the fight. They're isolated, they're pinned under Damon, and he is not holding back. And so so I'm going to go ahead and say that there's there's two more to deal with now. So there's the one heading for Rill, and then the one who has knocked Zen on her feet with the tentacle. So that particular figure then is going to, now that Zen is on her back, they are going to retract the tentacle and rush Zen with a downward strike with their dagger. Zen is going to use her glaive to sort of push off of the ground to get back on her feet if she can to roll out of the way of the dagger if she cannot. Okay, so go ahead and roll for that and add a plus one because you're using your glaive. I got a 12, so 13. Damn. Holy shit. <laughs> All right. So then you uh, use your glaive to push off the ground. And while you do this, the figure has completely miscalculated their momentum. They swing so hard that they stumble and their dagger shatters against the stones of the bridge. Nice. That's a shitty dagger. <laughs> it's a ritual dagger. It's for ritual. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah, it's not for stabbing. All right, then, um, Rill, you have a figure rushing you, and they cast their own tentacle at you in a blur of green light and some ancient language that tries to whip your gun out of your hand. So how are you going to respond? Oh, man. Okay, let me... How far away are they from me? I would call it, like, melee range. Like, you can't, like, reach out and grab them. You can try and grab Mm -hmm. the tentacle... It's not like a ball of tentacles. It's like a tentacle from their hand towards your gun. Okay, so they're like shooting it from themselves. Yes. Okay. Kind of similar to what Damon did where he kind of invoked his power with this moment of desperation. I wanted to do something similar with Rill when they... I was going to say shoot at the tentacle, but then I had the kind of anime moment where it's like they shoot at the tentacle and if their bullet doesn't suck, then it kind of like pierces through the tentacle and like hits the person behind it. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe is what they're trying to do. Okay. My question here, would you consider this a Morphous or a Gnosis? Because it's using monster blood, but it's kind of like tapping into the insight that their gun has this ability I'm going to go ahead and call this Morphous because it's using the blood directly. Okay, so I roll three d6 and one's a different color? Yes. And do I get a plus one since I'm using my weapon? Uh, yes, you do. Cool. Okay, my highest was a four and four and three. So okay. plus one and one of them mm-hmm. was the Morphous die. 
Okay, so then you succeed, and as you use the the monster blood, it fills you with, with great rage and power. You fire off a shot that goes through the tentacle. Can I describe what it does? Kind oh, of what I had in mind. Please do, yes. Okay. Paint me a word picture. So, so the way I kind of imagine it is like this gun maybe not like fully lights up, but sort of there's a bit of a luminescence, like a sickly green luminescence, and the bullet fires off. And as it collides with the tentacles, instead of just piercing through it, it almost like sucks the tentacles back into the bullet itself and then like redirects it towards the original caster as the bullet shoots through them. And they also get just kind of like entangled in these tentacles that the bullet has taken ownership of, if that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's fucking cool as shit. <laughs> um, all right. So yes, you have successfully used your Morphus. So go ahead and add one point to the Morphus for your character and tell me what kind of new bestial aspect this is given to Rill. I think this is a little bit more subtle for uh, compared to for Damon. He has the fucked up eye now, but Rill, after finding that shot, they just feel like this really sharp, like intense pain, like right in their chest, like right over their heart. And you can kind of see like cracks, like forming in their skin almost where their heart or chest is and you can kind of see like these almost like roots snaking down up to their uh, base of their neck it's like blood poisoning kind of yeah and you can kind of see some of it in their dominant hand as well the one that fires the gun it, it almost looks like their skin is sort of like in kind of like a surreal way coming apart but it's not like gory or anything. It just sort of looks like a, a glowing green void crevice type thing forming in their body. So Rill has completely ensnared this figure with these tentacles. Damon has thoroughly slashed the other figure. And Zen, the one who stumbled and completely shattered their dagger against the bridge, whirls around and fixes their eyes on you. And you can finally see their face under the hood. And it is painted in a snarling mask of anger. They are so upset that you have eluded them and that they have broken this important object. And they run towards you. But before they can get to you, you hear a booming shot, an incredibly loud noise and they are blown to pieces in front of you by some unseen firearm. Uh, that was not, that was not me. Zen laughs, but it's kind of like a nervous slash relieved laughter, like, <laughs> because she's also like, I guess, covered in person now. What's so cool about person blood? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not as cool as monster blood. No. <laughs> But then she's, like, looking around, taking stock. She's um, trying to identify the source of the blast. In the same direction that the figures had come from, there stands a woman. She's grizzled. She has a worn overcoat draped around her shoulders. And you see uh, out of one of the sleeves of her overcoat a silver hand wrapped around a blunderbuss of some unknown era. She has a sort of a smile, like a, a small, smug smile on her face and says, Well, at least that's over now. I suppose you're the ones I'm supposed to be meeting with. And she tucks the blunderbuss back into her belt and uh, steps over the cultist who is now entangled in tentacles, not being terribly delicate on the way. 
uh, I mean, you have a silver hand, and unless that's kind of a common feature of people in in this place, I'm I'm guessing you're Lucia. Well, I don't think you have any room to talk. What's up with your skin? Uh, too much Mountain Dew. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> they're just kind of like holstering. They holster the gun, and they're just kind of like rubbing over their tunic where like you know their heart is because it fucking hurts. <laughs> Are, are you not worried about it? Uh, no, I mean, you know, I think it's one of those things where stuff happens and then hopefully when we get back to the library, it's fine. But it looks kind of cool. It's like glowing. You know, it's kind of it's like a glow stick. It does look pretty cool. Yeah, I'll give you that. Or radioactive poisoning, maybe. <laughs> are you okay, big guy? You kind of got something on your face. Yeah, and he's kind of got something like everywhere <laughs> because he's covered in person oh. just like in general because he okay. kind of eviscerated someone with this claw gauntlet so he's he's smeared in blood and stuff and he says he's doing okay but he's not <laughs> does he even know his eye has changed color no no i think he assumed that you were talking about the blood stuff safe assumption yeah, so how's it feel with your uh, first murder? Well, self-defense. Slimy? <laughs> Lucia laughs dryly and says, uh, you'll get used to that. It's just it's just part of the hunt. You, you can't make an omelet without cracking a few beasts. I mean, I could definitely make an omelet with... The, okay, well, you know, I guess that was a metaphor. Should we follow you, I'm guessing? Yes, please. Okay, cool. Zen wipes off her spear and follows along. So as you are following Lucia, she leads you through the gate and over to a secluded plaza to the side. There is a fountain in the middle of the plaza featuring a woman pouring water out of a jug. She has a peaceful expression on her face, a wonderful contrast against the cramped and dark houses all around this plaza. She sits down on the rim of the fountain and says, if you're safe anywhere in this damn city, this is the closest you'll be to being safe. So, uh, take a load off. What questions do you have for me? And, uh, what do they tell you about why you're here? I mean, we don't really know anything other than we had to find you, right? That's that's it, right, Linda? That's pretty much it. Uh, her and, and that whatever that is, that crown. Oh, yeah, the weird crown that my mind doesn't like to look at, right? Do we have that picture in our journal? You do, yes. Okay, Zen will open up to the page and show it to Lucia so that she can uh, try and work it out for herself with her own brain. Lucia, as soon as she sees the picture, scowls and spits. She says, that thing. Well, I suppose that's kind of why you're here, but that's not what I said when I wrote to them. Whatever organization you work for. Well, what did you say? What I said is that I needed their help finding somebody. An old friend of mine, Gabriel. Okay. Gabriel of Wren was a hunter like me. He worked with my lodge. We were in some catacombs beneath the city, and he found whatever that thing is. And I told him to leave it alone, but he's young and he's brash and he's stupid, and he picked it up and put it on his damn head. And he was never himself after that. Every time we went on a hunt, he'd come to me and he'd say, Lucia, I know what to do. Lucia, I know how to help. Lucia, you don't understand the things I know, I things I understand now. And as much as I tried to talk him out of it, and as much as I tried to refuse, he kept doing it. 
and he kept getting more reclusive and stranger and stranger until finally one day he blew up at me and he's, he'd had enough and he left the lodge and he left me and I haven't heard from him since I tried to keep an eye on him I tried to talk with the other hunters and if anyone in this city has a pulse on what's happening it's the hunters they couldn't find him it's like he disappeared and right around the same time that he disappeared all these these strange cultists just like the ones that you were fighting they started showing up out of nowhere and something about the beast it's it's different Something's happened, not just to Gabriel, but to this whole city. And I don't know what sort of dangerous, forbidden shit he had in that, whatever that thing is, that weird circlet, but whatever it was, it changed him and it changed this place. And I need you to find him. This is something I can't do on my own anymore. And whoever it is you work for said to reach out when something strange happens that I couldn't handle on my own. So I reached out. So, what do you mean by beasts? Like, a cat? Because those things looked uh, pretty human to me. Oh, well, I guess you're from somewhere that doesn't have beasts. That would be nice. We have beasts. Like, wolves and deer and manticores and shit. I think our beasts are probably a little bit different than that. They used to be people a long time ago, we think, before this blood plague took them. Once it gets a hold of them, it's hard to get loose and they turn into, well, beasts. They've nearly taken over the city. They stalk the night. No one wants to leave their homes except for hunters like us, like me and you, who know how to fight back. They're incredibly dangerous, and they will fight tooth and nail to the very end. So if you don't want to hunt beasts, you best head back wherever you came from, and I'll get someone else who can help. Yeah, I don't know if we have much of a choice with that. (laughs) Yeah, so... There are beasts before the circlet business? They just weren't here, or...? Well, there have always been beasts, as as long as we know, at least as long as I've been in the city. But something is different about them. They fight more angrily. I'm seeing and hearing about beasts that I haven't seen or heard about in, in years, and I've been at this a long time, probably longer than some of you have been alive. There are new beasts, different beasts, and, and beasts in places there weren't beasts before. Sometimes they they spread further into the city or further underground, but I'm hearing beasts that are in whole new areas where there haven't been any ever, as far as I know. And you're pretty sure all of this is linked to the... to Gabriel and the circlet? It has to be. There's too many factors at play all at once for it to not be linked to whatever that thing is Gabriel found. And where did you find it? We found it in this catacomb under the city. It it had been somewhere that, that there hadn't been monsters before. There hadn't been, been beasts or anything strange, but we started hearing reports, and so we headed down there together. Well, the best place to start is where it all started, right? It sounds sensible to me. Yeah, I mean, that seems the most straightforward way. I can't argue with that. Before you head down there, is there is there anything you need? I can, uh, I suppose I could take you back to my lodge. The head of my order is wise, and they can get you anything you need. And uh, I suppose I could take you to Valeria, too. She has a good hand with the healing, if nothing else. Uh, yeah, I actually do have a question. Um, I think Real would kind of hold up their left 
hand. So I started, they're wearing like gloves, but like, I guess kind of pulled down the sleeve a little bit and you kind of see the skin pulling apart and glowing green. It's like, am I dying? Like, what is this exactly? Is this something I should be worried about or? Lucia takes a breath through good teeth and says, so yes and no. The good news is that is to be expected, but the bad news is that, uh, well, that's, that's the first step of turning into a beast. Oh. I don't know what things are like where you're from, but uh, if you're not used to resisting that siren song, uh, you better start. Uh-oh. You can use the blood, don't get me wrong, we all do, but you better keep a close eye on that. Don't let it get ahead of you. Things happen to the hunters who let it get ahead of them. Can it be reversed? If it can, none of us know. And I would honestly be surprised if there's a cure. If if Valeria doesn't know, and the Order doesn't know, and the great scholars don't know, and we can't find any information underground, I I don't know what it would be. But that's for wiser men than me. Real's just like, this tight-lipped smile's like, okay, cool, I'm just hoping that this goes away when we get back to the library. They don't say that loud, they're just thinking that to themselves. They're just like, oh, okay, cool, dope, sick. <laughs> fuck this fucked up place. <laughs> Linda makes a, a little like reassuring noise in your head and says, don't don't worry, everyone. I don't think I've ever seen anything follow us back other than Anomaly, so um, you'll probably be fine. It, it will be fine. If there's not a cure there, I'm sure the library has it, and it probably won't even come back with you. You'll be fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I assume Linda would have told Damon about her telepathy during her, like, introduction to all of this right yes she mentioned that it's a it's a side effect of the journals that the anchor can talk to you while you're on missions so it hopefully doesn't take him by surprise that linda can, can chime in yeah and be and be reassuring gotcha he's just kind of like he's having a day yeah he's putting on a brave <laughs> face and just like what he asks is do you have anything to clean us up and maybe like a sword or some other kind of longer weapon, just in case. She nods and gets to her feet and says, oh yes, I know exactly the place to go. My order should be able to help you out, and you can see what Ash thinks about your uh, heading into the catacombs idea. We're uh, pretty experienced in taking care of this sort of problem, fighting shit, but when it comes to these beasts, you're probably the expert, more so than us. Uh, unfortunately, yes, I've been at this a long time, but don't you worry. We'll get you all where you need to be. She turns and and stalks off into the darkness. I don't know why people tell me not to worry when it seems like there's actually a lot we should be worried about, but meh. <laughs> just <laughs> shrug at the others and just follow Lucia. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. I wanted to jump in with a quick reminder that you can support us by leaving a review on Podchaser or iTunes. Since we're an independent show, this helps us a ton. You can also support us by buying stickers, making a one-time donation, or joining as a monthly supporter on our Ko-fi page at ko-fi.com slash theeternityarchives. Our monthly supporters get exclusive behind-the-scenes content like character sheets, GM notes, and access to our fan discord. Before we get back to it, here's a message from another great show on the Be Gay Roll Dice Network. Check them out and give them a listen. Thanks so much, and enjoy the rest of the episode. Hey, Kat. What are the spell pieces in this ad? 
um, advertising, pandering, obligatory, and team. Then I want to use my piece, Honest, and cast Honest Advertising to tell people that Sword of Symphonies is an actual playtest campaign of the game that you made starring us. Ooh, ooh, and I want to cast Charming Pandering and tell them how much fun we are to listen to. Ooh, or would that be Charming Team? I think I have a charming team, yes, Kirsten. Oh, Nick, do you want honest advertising to tell them that we have sort of a cozy horror vibe and that people can listen to us every Saturday? Oh, and before we do that, I'd like to add my spell piece music because I write everything in-house. Yeah, I love your music, Kathleen. And I think your sound work in general is top-notch. So let's cast honest music advertising and charming team on the listener and invite them to join us on Sword of Symphonies. Right. So Lucia leads you through the stone streets ringed with wooden houses with lanterns out front, boarded up windows, locked doors, barricades, anything that people can do to feel safe against the tide of the beasts. But soon enough, you come across a grand building, several stories tall with great soaring pillars in front of it. Lucia looks over her shoulder and says, Can you believe this place used to be a library at one point? There used to be scholars here who would sit in there and just study all day. We found a a better use for it in the age that we're in. And she leads you through wide double doors into the bustling headquarters, the lodge of the Order of the Eye. All around you are lecterns that are covered in hastily scrawled notes regarding various beasts, desks that have been turned into field hospitals. And the shelves, once full of books, are now crammed full of grisly trophies or well-worn weaponry. But it does feel warmer in here, and it's not just the fire blazing in the hearth. The hunters that surround you are in decent spirits. There are three of them, and then their leader, who is talking jovially, clapping one of them on the shoulder as he tells some kind of joke. And he laughs, and it's not a pained laugh, it's a warm, genuine laugh. They turn and they look at you and they say, Ah, Lucia, these must be the friends you were telling me about. Please come in. Welcome, welcome. Make yourselves all at home. What can the order do for you? I think my friends want to kind of take a bath, possibly, maybe, if that's cool. I mean, just a towel. It it would be good. I mean, blood's kind of sticky. Just pour a bucket of water over me or something. It's it's not a big deal. They gesture to a woman wearing a dark hat and a high collar. And they say, Ophelia, go show our friends our uh, our wash basin. Don't worry, we've got hot water. Uh, we've got some towels there. Uh, well, they're not terribly fancy, but they'll they'll get you clean and they'll get the chill out of your bones. So please, my friends, help yourself. Yeah, definitely appreciate that. Yeah. Before they go, Damon would like to get a better look at the eye symbol that I presume is a symbol of this order and how similar it is to his little emblem guy he's got. Yeah, absolutely. If you pulled that emblem out, Ash will gesture to it and say, oh, my friend, that looks awfully familiar. Where did you come by that? I just happened to pick it up. It's It was passed down to me. Well, that's a funny little coincidence, and they uh, reach under their jacket and pull an amulet with a similar symbol out and show it to you. This uh, is something that's been passed down to me. 
it's why we're the order of the eye. Uh, that, and of course, uh, it certainly helped that some of the scholars wrote about this great order of the eye in the past and the wonderful work that they do to protect people in the age when there weren't beasts. Can you imagine that? They would just do their best to keep their eye on what was going on in the city and keep the civilians safe. And I thought, well, that's what we do. Uh, different times, same protection. Did, did they mention anything about two mountains, uh, twin peaks, if you will? <laughs> you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. That's where their founder got the idea to found the order as he went on a retreat and found a peaceful valley in the middle of, uh, of two peaks. And that's what inspired the founding of the ancient order of the eye. How are you, you must be a great scholar. No, I, I've just heard some, some stories, but none of it made sense until just now. Ash laughs and claps you on the back and says, well, clearly it means that you are meant to be here. So please let us know if there's anything we can do to help. I'm sure Lucia gave you the rundown on, uh, on our poor friend Gabriel, but uh, if there's anything at all that you need that we can do to help you find him, you just let us know. I do have this weird vial of blood with a tooth in it. Ooh, now I'm not sure I recognize that. And uh, Ash is going to take it from you and they hold it up to the fire so that they can sort of like try and, and see through the blood. And they open the vial and dip a little pinky in it and put it on their tongue and do that. <laughs> Why mm. do people here just eat blood? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not familiar with this. Whatever you got this from, this was a special beast indeed. Huh, I don't recognize that tooth either. My friend, you are very interesting. Are you sure that you don't want to want to stay? Uh, we could always use someone with a with a different perspective and some new skills, and maybe we can um, convince someone to do a little research for us. Let's let's take care of the situation at hand first, and and then we can talk further when it comes to that. Does that sound fair? They wink at you and say, "Sounds wonderful." I think Rill would want to ask someone, be like, okay, people keep talking about these scholars that used to be here. What happened to those scholars? Are they dead? Or like, what? Do they still exist? They were here a very long time ago. Uh, some say that they're the ones that, well, started this whole problem in the first place. If there are any left, we don't know where they are. Uh, it's possible that they're up in some high tower and some university outside the city, or they fled to somewhere entirely different. But there aren't any scholars left in Vatishta, I can tell you that for sure. But so like no one reads a book anymore? Well, I mean, of course we read books. It's important to know what they knew if we want to understand these beasts. But, but you know, the sort of age where you could settle down and study for study's sake. That's an age long gone. So we thought we'd start after, you know, the bath or just the, the rinse. We thought we'd start <laughs> with the catacombs back where this item was first found. But if that's something you've already tried and already done, there's probably no sense in the redundance. So I guess, what have you tried so far? So Ash looks thoughtful and looks to the three other hunters nearby and Lucia and says, well, honestly, well, we've just been trying to keep our heads above water with whatever's going on right now. So when we find someone injured, we bring them to Valeria when we hear about new monsters in the catacombs or monsters leaving the catacombs, we head down there. But mostly we're just trying to keep the beasts off the street. Uh, Lucia's done, I think, poked her head down into the catacomb and she nods and she says, but I, I didn't find anything. 
Uh, if Gabriel is down there now, he's well out of my reach. And Ash says, It's a good place to look, don't get me wrong. But you do need to know, there are things down there that no one's ever seen before. The deeper you get, the less we know about it, and the less we know what to expect. So feel free to head down there. So I guess that means you don't have a map handy. Oh, absolutely not. Good luck mapping the catacombs. There's something about them that shifts. It's like every time you head down there, they look different. Probably some scholar somewhere has written something about that, but we haven't been able to find it, and so we head down there every so often when we have to, and we kind of let it do its own thing when uh, we don't have to. Oh, Rill just kind of like quietly says to Damon and Zen's like, uh, that kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yeah, Damon definitely nods. Yeah. Um, what happened to the cultist guy that Lucia manhandled back here, I, I assume? Or is that guy dead? <laughs> Lucia says, oh, that guy's definitely dead. Oh, <laughs> I'm guessing we can't really question them. Are they of the right mind to be questioned or... And Lucia says, well, I've tried, but uh, usually they are determined to kill me one way or another. And when it comes down to it, I'm not taking my chances. Yeah, no, that's fair. If you find uh, another one of these odd cultists, uh, feel free, please. Do you know where they come from? And she, uh, she grits her teeth and gives Ash a look and Ash says, that's part of the problem we've been having recently. Uh, we don't know where they're coming from. Uh, we okay. hear them talk about the Lady of the Stars, who I suppose is who they worship. Short of that, I have no idea. Uh, they're coming from somewhere, and they're coming from somewhere outside the city, as far as we can tell. Or if they're coming from somewhere inside the city, they have it well hidden. So the Lady of the Stars, that's not a term anyone's kind of encountered before, or...? It's new to us. We haven't seen it in, in anything we've seen, and it's not something that uh, that the beasts talk about or anything we can find record of in the catacombs. Okay. Did there used to be books here? What, what happened to all those? I mean, these are bookshelves, presumably. Oh, there were books a long time ago. We, uh, we just moved them out of the way. They're upstairs. I'm guessing all of those have already been combed through, huh? Well, more or less, during quiet times, especially some of our, our younger members and those who may have been scholars a long time ago, uh, they'll take a peek through them and all the, the important information about hunting and healing and beasts that we've pretty much all read at this point. Yeah, uh, it kind of seems like our best lead is, is to try to go to the catacombs. Maybe we can try to get in a little bit deeper. We personally have some experience with... Uh, unknowable mazes especially in libraries oh 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 I have this one weird scroll I don't really recognize what it's written in though I suppose like while we're just laying everything out I might as well show it to you maybe it looks familiar it's just kind of written in these weird symbols and Damon like unfurls it the hunters all gather around it uh, Lucia tilts her head. Um, Ash looks really thoughtful. Um, and one particular hunter with a large hammer strapped on their back leans over it and says, Huh, that looks like the language of the ancients if ever I've seen it. And Ash looks up and says, Ah, Kareth, that's exactly it. I think you're right. The, the who? The, the language of the what? The ancients, the, uh, the ones who used to live in the catacombs a long time ago. 
We don't know a ton about them, but we can see their records. They're the ones who built it. We we know that their dead are down there. Yeah, occasionally we find artifacts. And of course, in some of those books up there, there's uh, mentions of the ancients. They, uh, they lived under the city a long time ago. So uh, unfortunately, they're not much help to us now. And uh, Ash does a hearty chuckle. Uh, well, can you read it? I can't read it, but uh, it's possible that, I don't know, uh, maybe there's something in the catacombs to help or something in one of those books. Um, unfortunately, my job's more of the uh, organizing and rousing the troops variety, so uh, I'm, not, I'm not the person to ask. Well, at least it's more than I knew before, so thank you. Yeah, uh, I mean, if you all are up for it, I think we could just... Maybe go down into the the creepy catacombs maze filled with dead people and monsters. Yeah, uh, sounds like a day. After you. <laughs> so is there anything else that you uh, want to chat with the Order about before you head out or just go on and, and take your bath and head out the door? Uh, I mean, it was like, is there like a different... Like, what kind of weapons kill these things? Does it have to be, like, the, the magic gun they used, or... Yeah. Yeah, what's the best way to kill them? Determination, quite honestly. Anything will kill them if you, if you work hard enough. And it certainly helps if you have weapons that have, you know, a little, a little trick to them or two, so that you don't find yourself in a corner and you have some resources. But uh, any hunter with some, some solid steel and some determination and some knowledge can take care of pretty much anything. I have at least two of those things. <laughs> Real's just like <laughs> narrowing their eyes at this explanation, like <laughs> determination, really? <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, Damon's definitely going to take a, I'm assuming well-worn it's probably like they can sharpen the sword but it's it's seen better days he just wants something that means that he doesn't have to like get up and maul them every time he wants to kill something (laughs) yeah he's like okay i know i used to be a wrestler but just giving me the pointy glove is kind of it's like salt in the wind at this point (laughs) yeah absolutely i think real would want like a dagger or a short sword just in case someone is kind of like you know they aren't they're indisposed and can't use their gun if they can get like i don't know a butter knife something just <laughs> a little stabby a stabby wabby that'd be nice ash gestures at the shelves and says oh by all means please help yourselves uh, as long as you're taking them out to the hunt you are welcome to have them sick hey zen look at this they would grab the handle of the knife oh, <laughs> of the oh. dagger <laughs> Eh, Zen breathes yeah. a sigh of relief. Linda claps. <laughs> I'm learning. Uh, I, I would look at uh, Damon and be like, I used to grab the wrong end because I just couldn't tell the difference. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you've learned. Thanks. Me too. Lucia is in some corner somewhere and she just puts her head in her hands. <laughs> Rill tries to like do a cool knife flip <laughs> and they catch it, but they catch it blade first. <laughs> Lucia has her head in both hands now. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, one step at a time. Ow. Zen, is there anything you want to grab before you all head out? Zen is pretty happy with her glaive. 
All right. So then you all get directions and and get a map from Ash about how to find your way into the catacombs. And as you head through the city streets, it takes you to an abandoned windmill, its arms stretching into the night. And it gives you the uneasy feeling that something is looming over you like a like a trap ready to spring. Is there anything I can do to try to glean if there is some kind of enchantment or something on these windmills? Or is it not really that kind of game? <laughs> you totally can if you want to. That would be like like using your gnosis. But if you want to see if you know something special if about I it, gnosis go for it. something special. <laughs> 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 yes, I would like to do that. Um, I w- okay, go for it. Use my, my gnosis. I got a four and a five, and yes, one of them is the the special die, the special boy. Okay, so tell me what using your gnosis looks like in this situation or feels like. Pay me a word picture of of what it is real is is doing or asking or feeling. I actually don't really know. I mean, I think that like they just want to kind of feel out if there's any you know like bad mojo around this windmill because it kind of seems like there is if there's any kind of way maybe they could see an enchantment or a curse or something like that okay so as you do your best to sort of use whatever forbidden knowledge you have you get sort of like the feeling like almost like a miasma surrounding you and it tells you that the windmill itself is fine but it's been built on the site of some great and ancient atrocity. And the deeper you go, the more bizarre it is. The catacombs that lie underneath it, it tells you, are ever-shifting and full of both great knowledge and great reward, but also great risk and danger. But it does also tell you that what you seek will be at the end of the catacombs. How does this manifest? Is it like a voice that I actually heard, or is it just kind of like a feeling of knowledge being imparted into my my brain? It's more like a feeling of knowledge. Rill would glance at the others. Their eyes would fall on Zen, kind of for like a beat longer than it kind of passed over Damon. And they'd be like, yep, uh, shit's haunted. And they would <laughs> put the, grab their gun. Um... Not grab, but, like, put their hand on the gun and and be like, uh, so we gotta be careful, apparently. I I mean, what we want is down there, so that's a good sign. I don't know who told me that. God, maybe, or, uh, the moon? Does the moon talk? I I feel like it was kind of like the moon, but maybe I'm, I don't know, man. I think it's that that bad Kool-Aid we drank at the start. Uh, I've seen weirder shit. (laughs) You've seen weirder shit than... Drinking blood and and the moon possibly talking to you? Yes. Okay, well, honestly, who am I to to doubt you, I guess? Look, last month there were giant bees. Yeah, the bees were cute. Uh, Bees are normal. Bees are just, it's just big bees. A big thing. Well, what about all the, uh, the tree beasts? What tree beasts? The giant suit of metal and all the souls and. Okay, cool and weird are not mutually exclusive. Okay, but this place... Okay, drinking blood is not cool. It's just weird. I don't want to drink blood. I prefer uh, most anything else. Yeah, it's gross, but I've definitely seen weirder. Yeah, I don't want to drink blood, but at the same time, I am considering drinking this 
weird special blood what? that I got. No. Why? Why? Why would you? Do? do you know what it does? I mean, it seems it no, but I didn't know what the other stuff was. And uh, did someone tell you to drink it? N- no, but that seems to just be like the thing people do in this world. Like, uh, Ash, like, put her finger in the blood and licked it up. To- okay, that's fucking. Like, there just- must be. Lucia did say everyone uses the blood. Yeah, yeah. There's so, like, that so was much just, disease in this world. Probably, I would have smelled it, or like she looked at it, but she didn't smell it or like touch it or anything, like and shake it off. No, looked at it and then stuck a f- pinky in it, and this isn't anything I know about. That's literally what happened. So that's gross. Yeah, this, I mean, it just seems like everything is kind of bad here. So it's just like what I can control versus what I can't control. You know what I'm saying? So how bad uh, is this windmill shit? I mean, it's it's like a cursed catacomb. It seems as sacrilegious as building upon any other kind of catacomb. So amplify that by how weird this world is. I guess we're going to have to get down there one way or another, though. So might as well be here. I mean, the windmill is fine. It's what's underneath that's bad unfortunately down is where we're going so and for a penny and for a pound maybe i'll keep the tooth kool-aid on reserve until things get really bad or we're in a desperate position you know that kind of thing yeah sure maybe it's like a mountain dew kickstart and it'll just uh give you a little boost if we're about to die or something linda leans in and says just so everyone knows you don't have to do the blood just because everyone else does the blood. <laughs> yeah, that's... You can say no if you want to. That's literally not true, though. We we had the blood at the... That was, like, the first thing we did. Mm, that is a good point. We were told to drink it first thing without asking any questions. And we did. I oh, asked questions. No. I just want to put that on the record. <laughs> I was the one who got peer pressured. No, you were the one applying the peer pressure. Oh, yeah. Zen, that's even worse. We're saying some very not nice things today, Zen. Rill did ask questions. Just for the record, I want to confirm. Thank you. I do appreciate that, Damon. Come on, give me a high five. And they would just, not even looking, you just like staring at Zen, just like neutral stare, hold up their hand <laughs> for Damon to high five. Oh, yeah, yeah. He definitely high five. And that's where we'll pick up next time here on the Eternity Archives. The Eternity Archives is hosted, produced, and edited by Dorka, Bappy, and Siva. Find us on Twitter at, at @thearchivespod or online at theeternityarchives.com. Our intro music is Paint the Sky by Hans Adam, and sound effects are obtained from zapsplat.com. Check out our show notes for more information and some helpful resources. Consider supporting us by telling your friends about us, or leave us a tip at our Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash theeternityarchives. Subscribe to our Kofi for all sorts of exclusive bonuses, behind-the-scenes content, and other fun surprises. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.